You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 582. I'm your host, Ricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. You know, I always already agreed with Joel's decision at the end of The Last of Us Part 1. Um, say belly. Uh, oh, shit. That's probably a spoiler, right? Well, it's out there now. Um, but <laughs> I am... Uh, I didn't think I could get a bit more in that camp, but today fucking today we ran errands and i got home and i was just walking back into the house and i noticed someone had hit my car and didn't say shit and uh didn't uh leave a note nothing so uh fuck that piece of shit and uh fuck the world save ellie that's what i say and i i, I had a good one i just forgot it trying to dance around it Maggie, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm wonderful. Um, it's been a nice little weekend. Spent some time going to a concert last night and uh, got somewhat rained on. But we were undercover, so when everybody scrambled and stood up behind us, they kind of blocked the rain. So, yeah, got that going for me, which was nice. When you say rained on, was that people threw dollar bills at you? Was no, kind of rain no, it, the, the sky was crying. And also, I mean, Tricky, you didn't even try with that introduction. Although I guess we should I, get I, Tricky a little bit. We should get Tricky a pass because he woke up about ten minutes ago. And uh, yes, yeah. Tricky, you alive? You need some coffee? He, I think I, he's trying to fix the stream because uh, you know when you wake up ten minutes before the show, you uh, evidently forget to no, do some things. He definitely didn't I, wake actually, up ten minutes before the show. He woke up after the show should have started. Alright, uh, I, I got to do this live, but we got to hang up the call and I got to make the call, otherwise Twitch isn't going to work. Should have probably, so gonna... probably figured this out beforehand. <laughs> I, well, I, I didn't know this was a thing, so I'm going to hang up the call, you guys just pick it right back up. Sounds good. Maybe. Alright, I'm sorry. Yes, I just woke up. Uh, okay, we're good. Sorry. Heard that too. I don't know what that was. Uh, all right, let's get back to the show. Uh, where are we at? I don't. Know. You guys were giving me shit for oversleeping, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Cause you, okay. you know, Matt was here. I'm an old man. We mean I'm you're an old, old man. man. You're not that I'm much. I'm an old man. You're not that much older than the rest of us. Listen, uh, I've been on vacation this entire week. Yeah, so you have little excuse as to why you couldn't show up on time, because I was not on vacation this past week. I was doing a deep clean of my house. Congratulations on being an adult. You want a blue ribbon? No, no. I didn't clean the house. I did a deep clean. I went through every room. Uh, The problem is because the house or the apartment that I live in now, I don't have a lot of storage area, so... It just seemed like a lot of things piled up and cluttered up and whatnot. You went through my house, uh, outside of what you saw my camera, 
you might think that I was a hoarder. That's the way it was, but it wasn't. Um, you know, that sounds like a, uh, a, a apartment in New York City. Not a lot of storage space, because what would you expect? Yeah. Well, my the last place I lived in, um, what was it, six years ago, seven years ago, I had two walk-in closets and a, a separate utility room. I had a lot of storage there. Well, when... You live where Tricky lives. You you fit where you can because you don't got a whole lot of space and you just throw all of your trash over in Jersey. That is very accurate. Including the dropping the trash off in Jersey because that's what I do every night. Uh, and I'm not saying that as a joke. I literally, we, uh, that's literally where we dump our trash. Anyway, so I went through a lot of stuff and... Uh, the only thing that I w- could be accused of hoarding is paperwork. I am very paranoid about throwing out paperwork. What kind uh, of paperwork? Do you have like receipts from like Chinese restaurants from like fifteen years ago? No, it's just stuff like uh, you know, I'll get a letter in the mail and like I I think it's you know just bullshit and I'll just put it in a pile and then that all piles up and then it get mixed because I pay all my bills auto paid on online. So, like, if I get the Con Ed bill or I get a, you know, the payment for my truck, I just throw all the paperwork and all the, all the envelopes in one stack, and then I got to go through the stack. Sounds like a fire hazard. Wait, so you, you deep cleaned your house, and what you really meant is what you went through old mail? Went through old mail, got rid of stuff that I didn't use. Um, the guy that accuses me, I, I, I think it's a guy thing, but I don't know. Uh, like, when you get a new piece of technology, you, you never throw out the box. Like, I still have the box from the when I bought the PS3, the PS4, and the PS5. I had the box the VR came in. I had the boxes for all the collector's editions I buy. So, those just piled up. Well, I mean, I keep boxes until the warranty is up. Because, in most cases, with the exception of consoles, the warranty, I, I might be able to ship it back in the original box as opposed to hobbling together Amazon boxes somewhere. But yeah, so I threw out boxes. I basically just went through the entire house. All right. So you, you know, I've been sleeping. Is that why you had to sleep all day today? Uh, well, I woke up and, well, the goddess came to visit this week. And I also had Sweet Mamba D all week. So when they left at 3 o'clock, I said, you know what? I'm going to take a, 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 a two-hour nap. A two-hour nap turned into three hours and 15 minutes. It's called an alarm clock, sir. They even got them on cell phones. Slept right through it. How many did you set? One? Two. Set one for 6.15 and 6.30. Slept through them both. Set five. Maybe I seem to be the only one that has this problem, but I, more often than not, wake up before my alarm clock, so that way it doesn't, you know, bother V or Zelda in those cases. Well, how would you, how do you wake up? I open my eyes. Tricky, you do realize that some people, like the internal clock, once you wake up at a, at a certain time for a long period of time, your body gets kind of used to it, and you just wake up at that time? Well, it, to be fair, my the time I normally wake up for work is like one thirty, So I went to sleep after that. So my body was like, oh, you need to sleep? You're sleeping. Uh, I see you dupes in the chat. Uh, Saber, I see you in the chat. How you doing? Darth Knight, I see you in the chat. How you guys doing? Uh, Saber, I see you as well. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I, I'm still discombobulated here, but uh, let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 876 with total trophies of 28,305 with 776 platinums. Alex? 
I am level 45. Troll trophy count of 8,964 with a platinum count of 151 in 150 games. I earned a brand new platinum this week. We'll get into that, what we're playing. Now, I saw you just come into the agenda. I saw you. Yield is level 501. Total trophies of 9,740 with 176 plats. Matt, what about you, sir? With absolutely zero change from last week, level 218, 1266 total, and zero plats. And Sid is level 836 with total trophies of 22,560 with 726 platinums. Starting to catch up to me. He's only 50 behind me. I may have to go on another uh, Rat Plat run. Because he can get that in a day. Sid, I'm, I'm watching you, Sid. How are you I watching Sid you. and not keeping track of your own progress in the annual rarity event? Because the game I'm playing um, is taking a lot of damn time. And I want to be done with it. Uh, but let's get into what we're playing. Alex, let's start with you. You said you got a new Platinum? Yeah, it's a game of that. I talked about it last week. It's a game that I already played this year, but I was playing again because the PS5 Definitive Edition came out, and if you bought the PS4 version, you got to upgrade to the PS5 version for free, and that is Weird West. Uh, I was last week trying to get Matt on the train to play Weird West, and uh, yeah, I uh, like I said before, I would recommend that game to anybody. I, I like it a lot. Uh, not just the art style, but the gameplay and the fact that it's split into essentially five chapters and you play as a different character. There's an overarching narrative, but you play as a different character that feeds into the narrative um, for every chapter. So you play as a retired bounty hunter who comes back into service. You play as a pig man um, who used to be a man. You play as a uh, protector, essentially uh, one of the, the um, First Nations people. The, the They're known as the Fire Nation, the Lost Fire Nation in this game, uh, protecting the West from the spread of the Wendigo. You also play as a werewolf or a guy who a man who can turn into a werewolf, a lichen, whatever you want to call him. And then lastly, you play as an Oniris who is essentially uh, what they would call in the game a witch, um, a sorcerer kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, each one is very unique. They're all fun. All chapters are fun, and uh, yeah, I just really love the gameplay of that game. So, one day we'll get Matt on board. But um, but yeah, game was so good that uh, I just had to play it twice. And yeah, I said I was going to give you shit, but I'm not going to give you shit for it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're still welcome to give me shit, but, I mean... I, I'm just going to simply say, you, you, you give me shit about replaying games. Hey, and, uh, you know what? You you put the time into play Ghost Shima twice, and you liked it that much. I, If I gave you shit in the past for that, I'm sorry. I will give you a high five for that, because that game's great, and the fact that you played it twice, legit, I... And got the platinum twice. Yeah, that's great. No, I, I have no no issues, and I won't make fun of you for that. And like I said, in the past, if I've made comments, I retract those because I do not feel that... I feel like if you play that game twice legit, you deserve to get credit for it. Um, just the way, like, you know, I didn't... It's not like I loaded up my PS4 save file and all the po trophies just popped in Weird West. No, I actually had to play the game 20-plus hours again. It's just I, I liked it that much, and I played it again. Gen 4. Uh, Matt, what have you been playing, sir? So, let's see. Uh, did a little bit more of Sticks, Shards of Darkness, which was a lot of fun. It's one of those things when you're playing with a friend and uh, you're off doing your separate things and you hear one of us inevitably goes, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and ah, fuck, which ends up <laughs> means we died and it tells the other person, yeah, go to a safe spot so we can spawn. So, that's been a lot of fun. I also put a little time into Dark Souls 3 today. Uh, really been trying to grind away at this one boss, and I almost got him, but not today. Not in the cards for me. 
played a little bit more Dead Cells, a little bit more Pikmin 4, as well as Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Finally made, made myself a nice little quad air bike. And uh, Alex, this, this leads back to what you and I were talking about. It's basically an airship that I could use to travel across Hyrule, which is so much awesome. Most, it's, you know, I don't know if I've said it on the show before, but I've definitely talked about it with friends that this is the, the, like the first Zelda game, I think, where it's like, well, maybe not the first, but like, they just encourage you to, to fuck around instead of actually like you just it's like, hey, we don't care if you I mean, they care if you play the single player stuff or like the story stuff. But it's like the, here's here's a true sandbox playing it. Make all the vehicles you want, you know, make all the weapons you want and just fuck around and have fun. Like this is, feels like even more so than Breath of the Wild, like the first real true experience of that for Zelda, where it's not just so much focused on the story. Well, it's funny because you see what people did in Breath of the Wild when there weren't they didn't have systems in place that they did in tears of the kingdom. And I think the developers just took that and said, fine, you fuckers want to make shit here, make something out of everything. And it's truly amazing. And, uh, all I did was I took, uh, for those of you who don't know, playing the game, you can get these devices and attach them together. And basically what I did was I took two fans and I attached it to a control module and that, allows you to do the initial liftoff but the problem was i kept listing to one side or the other when flying so then what i did is i added two more fans on either side of the control station and that gives me good lift as well as good control to fly wherever i need to and i can attach battery packs to them as well just to give myself a little extra uh distance when i need it so i've been using that to travel in the underdark all around get up the giant cliffs that you can't see and i attached a giant uh glow bulb to the front so that way i can actually see in the dark too you know honestly like that kind of system where you have the ability to kind of customize things so so much and build vehicles i i really hope that they like they look because like there were so many shrines in the first game in korok seats it's like as a player i would want less of that stuff and them to put more effort into like the building stuff the second time around. now there may be just as many shrines but you know give me sh- like a good amount of shrines but focus more on like this kind of stuff and not just pure numbers like hey there's a hundred plus go go finish them all i i think there's something to be said though about the shrines in that they are a way of giving players ideas now you're gonna have plenty of people who come up with their own ideas but then you have creatively bankrupt people like myself who sometimes i need a little bit of a uh primer on something and sometimes the shrines do that now to your point i think that maybe they can reduce the overall numbers and and if they give us the ability to explore using our creations and maybe give us meaningful stuff to find by exploring with our creations that could be good but it's still a blast for me just go all right i need to get to the top of this mountain whereas in breath of the wild i'd have to crawl up the mountain and pray it doesn't rain and i slide back down here, I just make an airplane and I fly up. And then finally, I put myself back into Monster Hunter Rise. Their last time I played was a number of months ago. And since then, they've introduced some new uh, monsters, some returning monsters back into the game. So I've been trying to go through that effectively. And I've uh, beaten all but one. I just had a little difficulty beating the primary primordial Malzino boss and uh, I'll get it soon enough but it's been really fun getting back into Monster Hunter 
right, so I'm good. <laughs> I throw... thought Tricky fell asleep again for a second there. No, no, no. I'm just I see V does such a good job as a community manager that I, I she often off asks questions during the week that I have to go back and find the post to you know because. You know, we get a lot of interaction with those posts. So I was actually just going back and trying to find the post that uh, V made earlier in the week. So, uh, which leads us into what we're doing now. Uh, I'm going to throw a little swerve in. Uh, v posted this question in the Trophy Host group. If you're not involved, please get in, in the Trophy Host group. It's trof- uh, p- facebook.com backslash groups backslash TW podcast. Uh, get in that group and you can interact with us. Uh, but V had a post where she asked three different questions. So we're going to try to go through these real quick because there was 25 comments total for this. Uh, she said, to annoy Tricky even more, what would you rebrand Trophy Horse to? He he. They said, why is Matt G's voice so soothing? And then lastly, what killer would you want in Dead by Daylight or Mortal Kombat? All right. Starting us off, Alex, you said, send us Spiders podcast. Fuck you. Uh, it's the deception in him about his voice, and you want Killer Croc in Mortal Kombat. Still stand by those answers, sir? Especially the Send of Spiders podcast. You're a dick. Uh, Jeff Hanna said we should rebrand the show to Achievement Assholes, in which Alex responded, that's platinum assholes. No one does assholery in podcasting better. <clears throat> Kalai says we should rebrand it to Game Stuff. Why? Uh, and Matt's voice is so soothing because he sounds like Todd Howard. I hate you, Matt, Kalai. You, Matt, you responded to that just with a gift saying no. Uh, I, it's, this seems to be a th- running theme in the groups lately. Does does Kalai say you sound like Todd Howard a lot? No, Kalai, uh, because she knows how much it irks me, will consistently push and promote Skyrim and Todd Howard being the... Uh, lord and savior of gaming but i totally make sure make sure you go back and listen to the punishment episode of the loop bros where clyde did not share that opinion she shared quite a polar opposite opinion during the entire episode oh i i i started listening to that and i had to turn it off and never went back but yes uh, there was punishments involved with that i gotta go back and listen to that one uh that's the loop brothers you can find them on all podcast services including podbean yes daryl I did plug your show, even Podbean, so shut the fuck up. Uh, Daryl says we should rebrand to the Proving Gamer podcast. It sounds more official, and since most of the hosts rotate, uh, don't actually get trophies, it would work. Better branding for the site, and it doesn't have the word whores in it. Fair enough. Uh, He says he's been telling me this for years. He has. Uh, Joseph Priestley says Tricky Reads the News Word for Word podcast. I'm not the only one guilty of that now, sir. Alex does it as well. Yeah, but to be fair, I was the one that started uh, giving credit to the uh, outlets that put to publish those stories you read, so you're welcome. Yes. Keep you from getting sued. Uh, Jeremy Englehart says, name it something spider-related for sure. Uh, he was, I always appreciate an episode where Matt is on. Seems like an intelligent dude, and he plays peak. PC games, which I appreciate. And he says, I'm actually getting my dream like killer in Dead by Daylight, Nick Cage. Actually, he's not a killer. He's going to play one of the survivors. So he's not becoming a killer in the game. Uh, oh, you're not going to read my response? No. 
All right, we'll we'll let them figure it out for themselves. That's that's why I'm not reading it. Uh, Alex then says free marketing for IGN podcast. You already answered, sir. Uh, uh well, you were gonna turn to the Send the Spiders podcast name, so you know, just in case. Corey says uh, the division is an okay game. Uh, Dan said to to V, I think you're biased on the voice, haha, but he is good at this. Uh, v responded, maybe, but it's so nice. Uh, Patrick Hickey Jr., who's becoming my mortal enemy lately, he said the we should rebrand to the Let's Go New York Islanders podcast, in which Joe responded by saying the Rangers suck podcast. <sighs> I hate you fucking both. Zach says we should rebrand to the IGN's official podcast. Uh, as far as the voice, he says it's the deep narrator voice and... The killer, uh, any, add a variation of every ghost face with different abilities. I'm not up on my screen. Does uh, ghost face have different uh, abilities? Uh, I don't know. I've seen all the Scream movies. I don't really know. I mean, obviously there are different Scream killers, uh, but like ghost face doesn't have some like superhuman abilities now. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think he just means that depending on which ghost face you choose would have a different ability in the game, not necessarily that they have abilities in the movies. Got it. Uh, Mark Fraser says we should rename it to the SMB podcast. No, not Super Brothers podcast. It's the Smell Michael Miller's Bullshit podcast. Mark, I thought we were friends. Oh, man. I uh, If you say I'm mean to you. Yeah, Really? Uh, as far as the voice he was, I'd love to hear him do mindfulness and guided meditation. Any interest in that, Matt? You know, I keep being told I have a face for radio, so I make sure my voice matches. And he says, as far as the killer, he wants Barney, because he could think nothing more terrifying than a colorful dinosaur performing fatalities. Do you remember the Doom 2 mods that you could mod Barney in and you could get to shoot Barney? No. Those were that good was days. A thing. That was a thing. Uh, v also comes back with her answers. It's uh, my funny answer is Tricky's not always right. And my normal answer is Sony's Ponies Gamecast. That's not a bad one. Also, we could also name uh, it. We, we won't start until five minutes after we're supposed to start podcast. Why are you giving me shit? I'm normally the one here 15 minutes early. One time I'm late because normally you're late. I had to walk Athena. I had to finish eating dinner. I, Skype's not working. All the uh, my internet's not working. You're giving me shit for the one time I'm late. But what? You know what? Never mind. First of all, double uh, standards, hold tricky. on, hold on, time out. First of all, I was including all of us because Yield is also usually late. That's why That's it's the I call it the podcast that the podcast because it covers all of us. Not just okay, fair not just you, Tricky. But yeah, sometimes I, felt like I gotta you were attacking do me there. Shit, like feed my animals and feed myself. I, I I did feel like you were attacking me there, sir. No, it covered all of us because I admit I apologized on the show last week or last week or the week before for being late. Uh she as far as the voice goes, I may have married him for his voice and other things. I don't want to know the other things, Matt. You know, here's the thing. What, it's what all his Transformers may- toys. <laughs> Definitely is all the Transformers toys. Um, when she initially posted the question, there is also, why is Macronelli blank, 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 blank? I'm not going to go into it here. I'd looked at her and I said, you know something? Maybe we change that to, to, you know, 
not be so TMI to this group. Uh, well, we got a message from the chat. Saber says, uh, bald heads say good in bed. Saber would know. Uh, so wait, Saber, and... we got another bald-headed host of the Loot Bros? Yeah, it, th- there's dozens of us now. Are, are you and Saber official host yet, or just you just keep showing up? I just keep showing up. Okay. Uh, and then she says, for the killer, any human version of a fast food character. Oh, Grimace. Grim- Grimace will make you Grimace. Uh, okay, David Barclay says we should rebrand it to Achievement Hunters. We did for one episode, which uh, Alex was solely against. Yeah, I thought that was dumb. Uh, Joe says killer. Uh, Candyman. I don't think I've ever seen any of the Candyman movies. Tony Todd, he'll fuck you up. First Candy, first Candyman was good. Uh, I haven't seen anything beyond the first one, but Candyman is a proper scary fellow. And the last answer is from George Smith. He says, just keep the name, but add a subtitle. Occasionally featuring Tricky. I'm not going to respond to that because I'm guilty. That's right. I'll take the dead air and give a moment to shout out to Saber because if you haven't seen what he's been doing in the Facebook group with all the AI art and promos he does. How could you miss it? It's basically a wallpaper all over the page. He is he is active. He is brilliant with his marketing. Man, giving V a run for his money on the uh, social media. Maybe we should hire him as a co community manager. I don't know. He he's made he's made me into Triple H. He's made me into Conan uh, the Barbarian. Brock Conan, uh, Brock Lesnar. He made me into uh, a Sonic redneck Snake. with more hair than I could ever dream of. God, it's, turn, he, turn, he, Saber. You need to turn Billy Ray Cyrus into Tricky, or give give uh, Bi- oh Billy Ray Cyrus Tricky's face. Maybe he's into Mr. Miyagi too. Put Tricky's face on okay. uh, Billy Bob ideas. Thornton in Monsters Ball. Hey, he had a. Never mind. I was about to say something. We've all, we've all seen that movie. Or we've seen that part <laughs> of that movie. I was I, I was just about to say. Yeah, I've I've seen part of the movie. That's the only part of that movie you see, huh? It's the only part of the movie I need to see. Agreed. Uh, I I did see the whole movie. All right. Anyway, <laughs> he was hoping for a, get... a second scene. <laughs> Listen, it's Holly Berry. Kulai says I still hate twists. Uh, she tried to spell Twitch, but she spelled it uh, HC instead of CH. Uh, and then Saber says, I try to market everyone in a positive light. Kalai, welcome. Uh, she's getting commercials. Uh, Saber tells she's getting commercials because she's not a sub. She can sub and she'll get rid of the commercials. Says, fuck, remember it. Remember to wait, brothers. We'll be doing a SummerSlam show. Bro, SummerSlam show. Oh, uh, I didn't know NXT was going on right now, so I have to go watch that after we're done. You mean the All Great right, American so wh- Bash? Yes. Uh, and what I have been playing? I have been playing uh, Final Fantasy 16. Um, 
I'd say 80% done with it now. A little spoiler. That game sucks. Visually, it's fucking fantastic. I, I, I cannot put down the graphics at all. It's great. The story to me is very boring. And it's a lot of cutscenes, which I know is, you know, weird for me to are complaining about because I'm a Hideo Kojima fan. But it, it just seems cutscene after cutscene after cutscene. And there's not a lot of fighting. And then the fighting is really not that good to me. I mean, it's... The abilities are nice, but it's just not fun to do the fights in that. Joe and Priestley has said the same thing. The, the, uh, there's no Phoenix Downs. I bought something that was supposed to revive me if I died. It didn't trigger because I only died one time in the game. It was going after a, a special bounty, um, which I just I went into because I was feeling like a badass because I, I was slaying everything and went into that fight and got my ass kicked. Um, but that didn't bring me back to life. There's magic in the game, but it's not like the traditional magic. Like I can't cast cure, can't cast fire, stuff like that. All the all the magic comes through. Uh, what they call the icons in the game, which are, you know, Odin. Uh, <coughs> they're like boss characters, aren't they? Ifrit. What? The, uh, the icons, they're like boss characters, aren't they? They are, but they aren't. They, it, they, okay, so the way they work is you're, you're like your character, and if you want to use um, what, Titan. Titan's one of the icons in the game. Titan... There's a character that they're called the Dominant. And that person is able to channel the icon Titan. But it's not like I can just call one of the icons in the battle at, at free will. It's 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 changed the way they do it. I understand why they changed it, but to me it wasn't a good change. Uh, but the combat's not that good. The story, I mean, it's it's somewhat intriguing, but it's all over the place. I can't, I can't really concentrate on it. Uh, Kawhi says it's called a dominatrix. Dominatrix. Um, but yeah. And the other thing I've been playing is Watch Twisted Metal, which I have to say is actually pretty fucking good. Uh, I watched all 10 episodes already. Damn. Uh, I wanted to watch... Oh, so they didn't release it, like, one by one? They're not doing, like, a week-by-week nope. thing? They're all in there? All, all ten are, are straight up out. Um, I wanted I, I wanted to watch some before this episode, the uh, just so we could talk about it, but I, I just didn't have time to sit down. We, I, it's not like I watched anything else. I didn't watch anything this weekend so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got really... Uh, I mentioned before when I had seen, like, the scene in the casino where Sweet Tooth is fighting uh, Anthony Mackie. And uh, I guess Anthony Mackie playing John Doe, driver of Roadkill. Uh, Tricky, can you confirm that or deny that? Yes, that is right. right. Um, and I, it just there was too much comedy in there. Uh, I don't think that Sweet Tooth should ever be singing a thong song. And it's listed like one of the kind of tags for the show is that it is part comedy. Comedy. And I just kind of grimaced. I'm like, you know, trust me, it, it fits so well though. I mean, they did. It they did have an interview so well. with um, some of the stars, the showrunner Anthony Mackie, <clears throat> and I can't remember the the female lead, um, her name. But they did have them playing Twisted Metal Black and do an interview, you know, talking about the show. So, I mean, I'll I'll go. I'm still going to watch it, but just hearing comedy in Twisted Metal, it just doesn't. I mean, Tricky, you're not a big. You did you play the Twisted Metal games? 
I played none of the Twisted Metal games. So you're coming at it from a completely different angle than the rest of us who actually... Well, the people who played it. So if you never played the games, I can understand how an injection of comedy would be funny. But then you've when you've played like those games and a lot of the, the, the action is so depraved and demented and you understand like what the tournament's about, you hear comedy in there and it's like, oh, you haven't made a Twisted Metal show. You've just made Twisted Metal for the mainstream. That's what you've done. I, okay, I... I hear you, and you're probably right, but I can tell you, it, it just the comedy fits. It's there is a lot of comedy, but there's also a lot of seriousness. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, it, it's a really good show, and uh, the way they left it off is definitely with a cliffhanger for a season two. So, I uh, I hope it does well enough. Again, part of my concern was that they'd make it too funny, and people wouldn't watch it because they would expect twisted metal and. They wouldn't get Twisted Metal, and then that would lead to Sony saying, well, they didn't watch a TV show, so we're definitely not going to make another game. So hopefully it's successful and people watch it, and they do another season, and that brings us another Twisted Metal game. Well, you say that, and Kali just says in the chat, is Twisted Metal for mainstream, mainstream a bad thing? Could lead to more games. It definitely could. I just, again, I, I, I wasn't sure how many people would embrace the show you know, if, or if like, because Levi posted that, that they had put Twisted Metal out and he was excited because we know Levi is a big fan of Twisted Metal. And uh, I just didn't want that audience, the people coming in because it's Twisted Metal, to be turned off by it and the show kind of bomb. Because um, I wouldn't, I didn't know how many people, you know, outside of who played the game or the games would want to watch it. So, you know, if it, if it leads to more success and, you know, maybe that's what Sony was banking on because obviously Sony okayed the show and what the showrunner did with it, but I just. I want it to be successful um, because I want another Twisted Metal game, but uh, I was just, my concern with the, the word comedy was just, it was, you know, there there was a lot of concern that I had going in, so, but maybe I'll like the show and I can separate it from what Twisted Metal has tr- traditionally been. How much Matt, car you- combat is it? There's not as much as I thought there would be. Um... And the show kind of explains that towards the end. Why? We could only afford um, so many cars. No, it's... I, I'm trying to do this without spoiling anything. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's... It kind of explains why. Um, I can't really say anything without spoiling the show. All right. All we need to know is if you want to watch it, watch it, and you'll get an explanation as to why there's not a ton of car combat. Matt, you going to watch it at all or no? Yeah, I'll probably give it a fair shake. All right. All right. At this time, we're going to get into our topics. Uh, we do have a bunch of topics. I may skip a couple of these. You have um, a bunch of topics because, thanks to me and Matt, doing the research. You know. And heaven forbid we discuss it before the show. Yeah, make one comment about something that somebody else posts, and Tricky's like, save it for the show. But I say that often to you, okay? You do, but again, like, it's not like that that point that we make is erased from our our memory, and we can't ever make it again after we've said it in a private conversation. You're absolutely right, but as I I said in the the group chat, I said, the the problem is, is that when we go into these conversations, like, now for the show... You tend not more often than not. You tend not to say the same thing over again because it's already been said. And you're like, oh, I don't need to reiterate this point because I already made it. That that's what I was trying to get. Anyway, I'm trying just trying to make the show best as possible. That's what we're all uh, here as for. Is, tricky. 
As is customary when we do the first podcast of the new month, we give you the PlayStation Plus uh, monthly games. This month, we're going to be getting PGA Tour 2K23, Dreams, and Death's Door. Um, But I think the only one we really need to talk about here is Dreams, because I find it weird that we're getting Dreams, even though they're stopping support for the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was that, it's this year that that's happening, right? Next month. So, it does seem like an odd choice, but people, I'm assuming, can still play the game, right? Yeah, I, as far as I know, from what I understand, they're, they're, I, I talked to somebody in the Facebook group, and if I could bring it, if I could try to find it real quick, um, they, for, you're not gonna be able to share your creations and whatnot, um, which brought up the the question of can you still obtain the platinum? Because um, based on just going on a little bit of planets previous things, they um, you had to share your uh, oh, it just updated. Oh, I just lost it. Uh, you had to share your creations, and enough people had to like it and whatnot in order to get a trophy. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, according to Curtis, um, uh, in the, from the Facebook group, uh, it said, uh, I thought sharing and being able to play other creations are the biggest part of dreams. And Curtis says, yep, you can still play stuff that's already been made, but share, but can't share any new creations as Mini Molecule is going to work on their new project. I said, so if that's, so if it was already made, we could play it. But if I make something new, no one can. So what's the point of me making anything new? Curtis says, same thing happened to Mario Maker 1 on the Wii U, and will probably happen to 2, unless you can use Switch cartridges in the next Nintendo system. Also, Mario Maker 1 for 3DS had limited functionality as it is. Barely could do anything. Uh, Curtis then said, yep, to stream your creations, I guess. Also, I believe it's supposed to be easier with the PlayStation Move controllers. This would have been a good game years ago on Essential. It's surprising that the most functionality has been discontinued, yet here's a free game, LOL. And then I said, I understand things like this happen. The point I was making is that PlayStation has given away a game that is now limited because they ended support. And Curtis says, yep, shitty move by Jimmy Jimmy Ryan. I mean, LOL. they probably should have at some point last year or something... Uh made the game free because who knows maybe they get more people stuck in the game or like they get more support for the game and more people playing it and then medium molecules not moving on to something else maybe they just keep supporting dreams so an odd choice uh, i do want to stop the show for a second give a shout out to uh, thomas uh saber because uh, he has already fulfilled my request um for uh for tricky for the next tricky pick um about two minutes ago in the Trophy <sighs> podcast, he posted a picture of Tricky's face on uh, Billiard Size's body. So uh, go to the Trophy Horse Facebook uh, he, page. No, and uh, he, he didn't just post my picture on his body. He made a video of Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah. So uh, TC works fast. <sighs> anyway. You're welcome, everyone. Let's get back you to You are it. welcome. Because I saw that on the <laughs> Facebook page, and I'm like, Man, did I just request that? And he made he did it days ago. Nope, he just did it. No, he just he just said in, in the Twitch chat he was done. Check the Facebook page. All right, so Kalai says Death Door is also pretty good. It's uh, being made by developer uh, Devolver Devolver Digital. Um, yeah, 
Okay, I I never heard of it before, but I mean, obviously, I'll give it a shot. Um, but that was the game. Just going back to that I was most excited about was Death Door, and uh, as we know, Devolver Digital is the little publisher that could. All right, but going back to Drew for a second, I mean, isn't it a little weird that they're giving us a game that we're in a month's time we're not going to be able to use? Yep. Or at least possibly not be able to get the platinum in at least. Well, it's perfect for me. I don't care about that. And I don't plan on playing it, so it's perfect for me too. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, they should have made this decision and put and and pulled this trigger on the Sony first party game a year, a year and a half ago, and when at least or at least when they made the decision to end support, tried to swell the numbers a little bit or see if they could get more people interested in into uh, dreams, but. You know, I mean, I, I mean, that's what PlayStation Plus is. It's a marketing tool for games to get more people interested. And why they didn't do this sooner, uh, you know, is baffling. But again, this is the world we live in, and this is the way Jim Ryan runs things. All right. Uh, any games you're excited about, Matt? Death Store. I've kind of wanted to pull the trigger on that one for a while, but it seems to be another one of those games that takes a little effort to move along because it's not that it's souls like it. I think it's souls adjacent, but playing a crow reaping people in the afterlife, it sounds a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> just to, to, um, I've got to, on the gamer.com here, I've got a list of the, uh, the 15 best devolver digital games ranked. Let's see. Is there an author on this? I can get credit. Oh, Sam Hallahan. Uh, so that according to Sam, the 15 best digital devolver games are 15 Ape Out, 14 uh, Pikuniku, 13 Return to Monkey Island. I had no idea they did that. Uh, 12 Heave Ho. Oh, come on. Are you not going to load the rest of this freaking page? <clears throat> uh, 11 Hotline Miami. Uh, tw- 10 is Inscription. 9 The Messenger. 8 Death's Door. 7 Oli Oli 2 Welcome to Hollywood. Eight or six, Weird West. Shout out to Weird West there. Five, My Friend Pedro. Four, Enter the Gungeon. Three, Exit the Gungeon. Two, Cult of the Lamb, which is currently on sale, I believe. Or is it not? No, it's part of PlayStation Plus Extra, I believe. Uh, and then, or no, maybe. No, it, it's actually on sale currently on the uh, on the PlayStation Network. And then number one is Katana Zero. So, uh, very quietly. Well, maybe not quietly to some, but Devolver Digital has a nice collection of really, really standout games. All right, Kalai says uh, it's on Xbox Game Pass. Matt. I'm assuming she's talking about uh, that store. I'm sorry. I was distracted by the wife. What was the question? No, I was saying Kalai said uh, she thinks, uh, she says, Matt, it's on Xbox Game Pass. I'm assuming she means that store. Uh, I will validate that right now. But yeah, no, I just, I haven't pulled the trigger. It was another one of the games that I just wasn't about to play uh, right now. And uh, going back to your thing, Alex, I almost have to discount that entire list because it did not include one of Devolver's best games, Carrion. Oh, they did that too? Yes. That uh, There is a trial up on uh, PlayStation Network. Uh, if you're a PlayStation Plus uh, premium subscriber, uh, you can try the trial of Carrion. So, but I didn't know they did. I mean, hell, uh, Devolver Digital is uh, even more awesome than I thought. I was about to give them a ton of credit, and now I got to give them even more. Because I go through that list of games, I'm like, they made this, they made this, or they sorry, they published this, they published this. Yeah, Devolver's uh, 
they've got a lot of quality good games. <clears throat> Speaking of quality, let's go on to our next topic here. This is coming from SonyInteractive.com. Uh, PlayStation 5 has officially sold 40 million in sales. That's a whole lot. Uh, we don't really need to go into the details of it, but there is a graphic on here for the top PS5 games as voted by the PlayStation community. Uh, this list is in alphabetical order, so uh, it's not a list of what's the most popular or not popular. But I'm going to go through these games real quick uh, to see, the as voted by the PlayStation community, the top five PS5 games. Or the top PlayStation... Stop! PlayStation 5 games. I said top five. Uh, so Astro's Playroom, Bug Snatch, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Cult of the Lamb, Demon Souls, Deep Rock Galactic, Death Store, Death Space, Dead Space, Disco Elysium, Doki Doki Literature Club, Elden Ring, Fall Guys, Ghost of Tsushima, Five Nights at Freddy's, Security Breach, Final Fantasy 16, FIFA 23, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, Hades, Hitman 3, Inscription, Humanity, Horizon Forbidden West, Hogwarts Legacy, It Takes Two, Kenya, Bridge of Spirits, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Returnal, uh, Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 4, Ratchet & Clank with the Part, Sifu, Skater XL, uh, Jedi Survivor, Stray, Worms Rubble, Last of Us Part 1, Shredder's Revenge, and Tales of Arise. Most of those games I can play on my PC. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, for context, we, and yeah. this is not me shitting on Microsoft, but the sales oh, numbers oh. comparatively for the Xbox Series X and S um, were revealed. In, I think um, Microsoft shared them in late June. I think it was June 30th. Uh, this uh, comes from GameRant.com, and uh, the sales numbers for the Series X and S uh, as of the end of June were 21 million. So that a bit of context for you for uh, those uh, PlayStation 5 sales. All right. Moving on. Here we go. The okay, so there was a little bit of panic. I added this one uh, into the agenda because uh, I don't know if you guys didn't want to talk about it or just didn't see it or whatnot. There was a little bit of panic as it was announced that Ubisoft accounts were going to be deleted. Did you guys hear anything about this? Yep. I did not know. I I've kind of shut down paying attention to Ubisoft. Okay, so coming from IGN, and this is written by Rebecca Valentine. Over the weekend, fans of Ubisoft games underwent a minor panic as rumors spread that Ubisoft might be spontaneously deleting inactive Ubisoft accounts, permanently destroying digital game libraries if users aren't logging in often enough. However, Ubisoft has clarified that this is now false, and users' digital games libraries are safe even if their accounts are inactive. The rumors were kicked off when a tweet circulating an email entitled Ubisoft Account Closure Due to Inactivity. The email instructed the recipient's Ubisoft account had been temporarily suspended and would be closed permanently in 30 days unless a closure was canceled by the account owner. The email uh, was then confirmed to be legitimate by an official Ubisoft Twitter account, which reiterated the given instructions for canceling the pending account closure. While all this is legitimate, what caused people to panic was the contact offered by the original poster who claimed that you will lose all your games purchased forever. In an email to IGN, Ubisoft clarified the stance on the account deletions. The publisher confirmed that it has, quote, for many years now, end quote, deleted inactive accounts in accordance with the EU's general disk protection regulation on how, how long companies are permitted to store individual personal information. 
The company claims its policies are, quote, aligned with legal requirements and with the standards of the industry, end quote, and that they also serve as fraud prevention. However, Ubisoft clarified its criteria for account deletion, uh, noting that it absolutely does not include accounts that have purchased games attached to them. The publisher, uh, the publisher, it takes the following into account. The gaming activity on the account since its creation, the account's libraries, uh, accounts that include purchased PC games are not eligible for deletion. Uh, the duration of inactivity on the account, meaning the last log into the ecosystem, including from Ubisoft games on Steam and other platforms. Uh, they have never deleted accounts that have been inactive for less than four years. And the existence of an active subscription tied to the account. Ubisoft's added that the emails, such as the one circulated, were sent to users 30 days prior to account deletion. And if a user tries to log in during during that window, they will receive a notice and a link to reactivate the account upon a login. Uh, so no, you will not log, uh, lose all your games if you don't log into your Ubisoft account. So I wanted to make sure we said that and that was clear. Uh, but this is standard practice with all companies, isn't it? That after a while of inactivity, they just suspend your account or delete your account. Uh, there's going to be a number of factors associated with that because in certain countries you can't just delete accounts for areas that people have purchased stuff what happened was the story initially came out and there were people rightfully freaking out because they didn't understand the context but what wasn't really put to light was the accounts that they're deleting have no activity have nothing no purchases taking up space they cannot withhold personal information every company out there has record retention policies and if accounts or records are not being used you have to purge them so as a result they have to delete accounts associated with that alex your thoughts sir seems reasonable uh, as long as they're not deleting an account that has purchased stuff i mean there seems to be no issue all right <coughs> Uh, moving on. Uh, hold up, stop. Oh, Which one are you sorry. going to next? I was just gonna go down next to one on the list. Yeah, okay. This is where I have to get involved because you missed oh, the boy. perfect opportunity. Because Ubisoft may not be canceling personal accounts, but you know what they are canceling? They're canceling, uh, uh, uh reportedly canceled in Immortals Phoenix Rise and Seek. Matt, you, it you, was locked, right there, you locked Tricky. it up for him and he still couldn't get it across. He, could, he couldn't even hit it off. It, he dribbled Folks, it Folks, we were going to talk about Sea of Stars will be on PlayStation Plus day one, but the order of operations here on the agenda did not include this, so I'm changing shit up. Go ahead, Tricky. That, go that's go fine. talk about Ubisoft canceling Immortals Phoenix you're, Rising. You're perfectly fine. I should have done that myself. I just it didn't register earlier. Uh, this is coming from Destruct Destructoid.com, uh, where a lot of articles are coming from this week because I've been overruled on my IGN love, apparently. Ubisoft has reportedly canceled its plans for the Mortals Phoenix Rise as sequel. Multiple sources and Nice told VGC that a follow-up was in the early development at Ubisoft Quebec, but leadership ultimately decided to cancel it. Kotaku also collaborated the story. Ubisoft has commented on VGC's original report saying it, it's, quote, reallocating some creative teams and resources within the Quebec studio, end quote. 
As part of our global strategy, we are redirecting and reallocating some creative teams and resources within the Quebec studio to unannounced projects. The expertise and technologies these teams developed will serve as an accelerator for the development of these key projects focused on our biggest brands. We have nothing further to add at this time. And so, uh, yeah. I think we all love this game, did we not? Alex, did you even, did you play no, it yet? I haven't no? played it yet, but Tricky was was you know even before Yield played it, Tricky was uh, saying really good things about it. So they they killed this game, even despite the fact that people really seem to like it. They killed the sequel because they want to focus on the shit they always focus on. So yeah, Just Dance, Assassin's Creed, like. What are their other big brands like Tom Clancy stuff? Like, so this this one game that seemed, you know, part God of War or at least the mythology of God of War, and then part Legend of Zelda, and you fucking put it in the shredder because you want to focus on other like just the same old shit. I, Ubisoft needs some help. They need some new leadership. All right, Matt. Your your thoughts, sir? So I bought this game on sale during Black Friday one year for $15, and after playing it, I fully admit I should have paid full price for it because I had a blast playing it. And I don't necessarily think it needed a sequel. I, I think one would have been welcome, but I am perfectly fine with the story ending where it did. It made sense, and I had a good time with the game. I wish that with this cancellation, they were focusing on something else that was new, that this team would be working on something that, you know, helps push the developer forward. But if they're just going to go work on something else that they're working on already, then, you know, that, that to me is what's sad. Uh, further into the article, it says Ubisoft's Breath of the Wild-inspired title from 2020 was good and found moderate success among players. Uh, it says Ubisoft's original plan revolved around turning Immortals into a franchise that would explore various mythologies. The original game and its DLC explored the Greek and Chinese mythologies, respectively. Uh, Jeff Grubb reported that Ubisoft intended to explore such as Hawaiian Polynesian myths in the future, but that won't happen. That won't be happening anymore. Uh, Immortals is Ubisoft's fourth known cancellation this year. It follows the action of three unannounced games as the company shifts focus to its best-selling IPs. To give you an idea how closely Ubisoft is sticking to the biggest properties, this year's Assassin's Creed Mirage is but one of at least six games in the series currently in development. Uh, and this also says this casts another large shadow over the fates of upcoming titles such as Skull and Bones and the poster child of development hell beyond good and evil 2. And to be fair, Tricky, we're not trying to overrule your love for IGN. We're just trying to show you that there's a bigger world of news journalists out there for games. To, to be honest, I really care less about IGN. It's just where I go to get news it's i i don't have a love for IGN. and the only place the tricky goes for news i, I go other places as well. do you do you go to the playstation blog that's the first place you should go every week as a playstation blog no because i feel like the playstation blog is is bloated with uh a lot of non-news or at least non-news that we would 
report sure, on the yeah, show. I hate to tell you this, but IGN is also bloated with a lot of non-news, and you do understand that just because it is a appears as a post on PlayStation Blog does not mean that you have to share it. You can sift through things, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Kalai says they're probably focusing more on Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. Oh, I forgot um, about Far Cry. I, I, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's... Uh, uh, I mean, I'm not... I know TC likes Assassin's Creed. I'm not telling people they shouldn't like Assassin's Creed, but when you're canceling sequels to popular games to make more Assassin's Creed, potentially, we don't know. We don't know where these... these uh. Uh, resources are being reallocated to, but when they say the their biggest, you know, games or their biggest uh, properties, you can guess that Assassin's Creed is one of those. Um, it's just sad. Like, I, it seems like Ubisoft is reining in what it's developing and just focusing on its core brands, like something Activision would do. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't really like it. I think it's silly. All right. Excuse <coughs> me. Uh, going back to the topic that I just got yelled at about. Sea of Stars will be on PlayStation Plus day one. This has come from Destructoid and written by Stephen Mills. It's fresh and say a new name. Uh, Kawhi says Assassin's Creed series is just beating a dead horse at this point. Agreed. Like right. Kawhi like, like has to admit that Todd Howard is beating the Skyrim dead horse. No. When is, uh, when is Skyrim coming on our toasters? I heard that announcement coming soon. Oh, man, it's already on our freaking Alexas. I thought it was already available it's, on toasters it, and coming soon to a box of Frosted Flakes. No, I, I, it is on a fridge, and that's not a joke. It is on a fridge somewhere. Uh, but back to Sea of Stars. Uh, Sabotage Studio revealed that its upcoming art, retro-inspired RP, RPG, Sea of Stars, will be available as the PlayStation Plus game catalog titled on day one of its release. The official release date for the Pixel RPG is August 29th. By joining PlayStation Plus game catalog, all PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium members will get full access to the game on launch day. If the visuals remind you a lot of old-schooled SNES RPGs, don't worry, that's intentional. Sea of Stars is technically a prequel to the 2D action-adventure The Messenger, which was also created by Savage Studio. Um, And they said they gave Messenger a flawless 10 out of 10 when it was released back in 2018. So, uh, Matt, you're the one who shared this. I know nothing of Sea of Stars. Actually, tell us about Sea of Stars. No, Alex shared that. Oh, I apologize. And before Alice, I give you the floor. Kalei says, never. Todd Howard is awesome. Uh, Alice, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's a... I, I've got to admit that it's an RPG, a more traditional RPG. So I think that more so than me, because I, I don't really think I'm going to play it, although I think the art style is beautiful. I think the game looks fantastic. I think this is more up the alley of uh, Homer and maybe even Yield, because Yield talked about, you know even last week where he kind of finished off playing Chrono Trigger, and that was, that was really like the last RPG he had played. Um, but I think that maybe, who knows, if he still had that hankering or that itch to play the SNES-style RPG games, I mean, this, who knows, maybe this will bring him back in the fold, because I do think that this, if you played the RPGs back in the day on the SNES, I think this game was like, speak to you especially. Like, it'll, um, it feels like a game developed for you um and while i don't play traditional rpg games i'm not a big fan of the turn-based combat uh like i said the game looks outstanding so i bet matt i bet this game's on matt's radar 
Well, yeah, I played The Messenger. I didn't play it all the way through, but The Messenger is a fantastic freaking game, and there's a reason that it was given a 10 out of 10. And if they bring that same level of care and attention to detail and stylization to Sea of Stars, this one should be a hit as well. Uh, yeah, I know nothing about it, so I can't speak no, on it. You didn't watch the trailer, Tricky? I did not. Hmm. 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 Uh, hmm. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm not hearing you discuss because I just gifted a uh, sub to Kalai so she doesn't have to watch ads anymore. Well, you should have done that a while ago. You're nothing if not magnanimous. Also, he. To be fair, he probably did that, was also fantasizing about Todd Howard or couldn't stop thinking about Todd Howard with how Todd Howard's come up more times on this podcast than any other episode of the show. Wow. No. Uh, Thomas just sent me another uh, a message with another Billy Ray Tricky, you driving this damn bus? I have to watch. I have to watch it after because it's apparently really loud. Uh, Nickelodeon All Star All Star Nickelodeon All Star about Brawl Two has been announced and has Squidward. I don't know who shared this at this point, but uh, this has come from Destructoid and written by. Oh boy, Tiago Man- Manuel. Uh, developers Lucidity and Fair Play Labs have revealed the Nickelodeon All Star Brawl to the follow ups to its 2021 Smash Brothers inspired brawler All Star Brawl. On top of all the memes that you can spot right now in the trailer, publisher Game Mill Entertainment announces is approved upon the original game in every way. The original character roster and stages are returning, and they've gone through a uh, mega glow up. Uh, what's new in the game? Uh, there's going to be a whole new stuff. Expect new characters, new minigames, and even a whole new single-player campaign. Both Squidward and Jimmy Neutron are confirmed for the roster this time around as well. In the campaign, players will be uh, against Vlad Plasimus of Danny Phantom fame. Never even heard of that. As he tries to conquer the whole universe. This, the daunting task will hopefully turn easier with the addition of supers, which is similar to the final Smash moves from Super Smash Brothers. Our ultimate moves meant to get rid of your foes in epic fashion. Uh, the new mini games are Pinch in the Blips, Whack a Bot, and what the Erken Ur- Ur- Amanda Boot Camp Survival. Uh, we still don't know what the gameplay will be exactly likely. We do know, however, that you can play them in either with your friends or by yourself against the world as you strive to get to the top of the global leaderboard. Uh, it will also now have voices uh, because apparently the first game did not have voices. Yeah, and that was a big criticism that they didn't have voices. Uh, I really want to see uh, Olmec from Legend of the Nibble enter the uh, sequel. As be, I don't know if you can make him a boss because everyone loved Olmec and he wasn't evil, but... Uh, figure out. No, you make him an assist. Yeah, figure out some way to get him in there. You can even bring Kirk Fogg along. All right. That's, uh, tricky. Yes, Are you sir. Not gonna, you trying to move on? I'm trying to move on. I yeah, I literally have no interest in All Star Sprawl. So well, please mean, it, move on to the next one. I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> it's funny that. You know, the, the original game came out in 2021, and a lot of people, a lot of the Smash Brothers community, at least the YouTubers, jumped on it because, obviously, it was very similar to Smash Brothers. And, you know, when you have a new platform brawler out, I guess people are going to go run into it, hoping uh, they get views on Twitch for it. But, I don't know, it seems odd that, 
well not odd but it's just like so instead of adding characters to the original game you make a sequel and release it two years i don't know it just seems like they could have gotten more out of the first game than they did instead of just maybe maybe that's the maybe coming from playing super smash brothers ultimate and that being such a polished game and them adding so many characters after the fact and so much support for years after that to go to a sequel kind of looks and smells funny to me but who knows maybe the mechanics are so wildly different and better the gameplay is just that much better that they felt it was warranted for a sequel but uh but yeah i just i saw a sequel's already coming out and i'm like wait you stopped supporting the first game huh well, the problem, so here, here's the problem that you brought up, is if you make a new game, now you're splitting your player base. So for however successful the first one is, you know, yeah, you can release DLC packs for additional uh, additional play, additional characters, and that'll unify your player base. But now it seems like they want to address some of those concerns, such as adding voice. I don't think they could just go back and add voices or additional art styles to the first one. So I think they pulled the Destiny 2 route where it's just like, all right, screw it. We're just going to go with this one. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the platform they're going to use moving forward. That sounds plausible to me. Good point. All right. What's not good is CG Project Red is roughly laying off 9% of its staff. This is coming from Destructoid and written by Eric Van Allen. The studio behind The Witcher and Cyberpunk video game series is parting ways with a chunk of its staff. CG Project Red is laying off around 100 workers, which estimates to about 9% of the entire team. As announced in a letter shared on CG Project Red's site from uh, Project Site from CEO Adam. I can't even pronounce your name. I'm not even going to try. The layoffs will run up through Q1 2024. It's announced the layoffs will now be in spirit of transparency and to give team members a chance to process. Additionally, CG Project uh, assures those affected have been offered a comprehensive severance package. The reason behind these layoffs in CG Project Red's new direction, it seems... Writes, uh, the CEO writes that CD Project Red has reshaped its development process and incorporated agile methodologies and has now turned an eye towards staff. Quote, we've carefully assessed all teams in the company in terms of their expected contribution to the delivery of our strategy. There's no easy way to say this, but today we are overstaffed and we have talented people on board who are finishing their task and... Based on current and expected project needs, we already know we don't have any other opportunities for them in the next year, end quote. Uh, while shitty people losing their jobs, it sounds like this is uh, at least they're handling this right. It seems to be the normal course of business because you constantly have these large companies re-evaluating re, um, their, their portfolios and what current projects are and what future projects are and if you have a team that isn't working on anything or you know it only requires a small amount of a team to to finish up something or start a new task or start a new game you're i mean all it's not just cd project red but most companies are gonna you know cut out uh what they don't need you hate to say excess because again that's people's jobs but they're gonna re they're going to make the uh headcount at their companies match the po- the projects they're working on to get out and and the technical needs of supporting other games as well. Matt, your thoughts? 
So right there in the article, they talk about how they've moved to agile methodologies, which to me hints that they had somebody come in, look at all their processes and decided, you know, you need to do this to be more efficient. And that speaks to me that teams are going to be more interchangeable, uh, which, you know, it, it stinks because this means you're going to be eliminating people's jobs. And from there, you're just going to be spreading their responsibilities out to other groups and say, well, now you're going to be doing more with less. And uh, I really hope that people that are out will land on their feet shortly. I as well. All right. Uh, I have nothing good to say about CG Project Red, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I just, I, ever since what happened with the. You don't uh, need to explain yourself. You there can you just go. say you don't, you don't need you don't have any thoughts and we're moving yeah, on. Yeah, but you did say that they at least seem to be handling this way <coughs> tricky. So you can understand where they're coming from as a company, it seems. I, I yes. I listen. As a business model, I like they're saying, like, we just don't have anything for them. So it's it's not like the, the one thing I'll say is it's good that they're not laying off because they're in financial trouble. They're laying them off because we just don't have anything for you. And saying, okay, we're, we're just going to move on. We're going to let you go because, you know, we don't have anything for you rather than saying, oh, well, uh, Cyberpunk didn't sell well, so now we have to lay off X amount of staff. So that's that's it. That's a good thing. It's like, and at least they're saying, you know, we're, these are going to go for a while. We're not just, like, coming in tomorrow and saying you're fired. We're giving you time to, you know, look for other job opportunities. So that's, that's and really, that's the sad thing about the whole cyberpunk situation is that they weren't really hurt financially by their uh, poor decisions when it comes to releasing that game. Uh, it, it, yeah, it didn't, didn't. Well, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure they were hurt, but I mean, they you, made so much money on The Witcher. Did you see the sales they, of that game? They were able to that. They, I mean, yeah, they, they had to refund some money, but in the end, it wasn't. It didn't hurt them financially really to do what they did they still turned out quite okay when it comes to sales of that game yeah that's true all right uh okay just trying to make sure we're good uh we're gonna throw it across to our social media time to check my social media all right jeez thomas is killing it with these beams thank you alex or giving him the idea. Well, you know what? I'm trying to think of another one that I could give him to uh, to do. So V posted in Facebook group that it's podcast Ooh. day. Light it up with those Hold questions. Hold on, I got another one. Light a request up. for TC. The Cowardly Lion from oh. uh, The Wizard of Oz. Tricky's face on the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> so uh, V's asking for questions for the group. Uh Ashley says, Baldur's Gate for the PS5 comes out on September 6th. September 6th is her birthday. Happy early birthday. All, all, all the good people have birthdays in September, just so you know. Uh, and we also own a PS5. My question is, should Alex buy me Baldur's Gate 3 for my birthday since obviously the universe said yes? I mean, yeah, if she really wants it, I'll, I'll buy it for her for her birthday. Is it because it's Baldur's Gate 3 or because she can have sex with a werebear druid? Well, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm definitely buying it now. <laughs> can I buy the collector's edition for extra werebear sex? <laughs> um, coming coming with your your pre, pre, uh, pre-order pre purchases, uh, 
you get it two instances of Weird Bear Sex. No, I saw that this is one of those games where if you pre-order it, uh, you get, what, 72 hours of uh, early release of the first act or something like that. So you get to play the game early. It's a snippet of the game, but you do get early access to the game if you pre-order it. So, Well, they've been doing that with a lot of games lately. Well, well, like yeah. They give you... Th- they release the game, but they release the whole game. They're only releasing a certain part of the game three days I early? I believe so. I can look back on that and see, but I think... I saw that was um, was a, 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 the first part of the game. Kalai wants to know, will you be able to grin and bear it with the werebear? Well, you better, because the werebear is going to bring it. Werebear brings the pain. And apparently Kalai wants TC to make a tricky picture with googly eyes. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Jeremy says physical or digital and if you're not buying physical what's wrong with you unless you're playing on pc of course so let's go to matt first with this physical or digital so as a predominantly pc player most of my media is going to be digital but physical i reserve for those games i know i'm going to want to keep my collection or in certain circumstances uh if the since i don't pre-order games if the store, if GameStop magically doesn't have a copy, I'll, I'll go do it digitally just so that way I can get it. All right. Uh, Alex and me, me and you both have the same answer. We, we've gone digital. Uh, I mean, yeah, I buy Switch games physical, uh, but I don't buy... PlayStation, I'm all digital. So I still buy for one console physical, but um, I also don't buy a ton of games for the Switch. I think the last game... What was the last game I bought? Oh, it was Super Mario... or. Uh, Mario Party All-Stars, which came out about two years ago at this point, so haven't really bought much on the Switch. And I don't know, I just kind of, like, have always preferred owning Nintendo stuff, like, I'm old-school cartridges and stuff like that. I've always preferred to own that physically as opposed to a a, a CD. I don't know, I just, even though the CD has been the preferred method of distribution or disc, I should say, ever since the days of the PlayStation, I, uh... I don't know. I'm I'm just weird, and I prefer the cartridges. I don't know why, but um. And uh, so I found an answer on Baldur's Gate, and it looks like yeah, it's 72 hours of early access to Act One, um, and that actually may be if you purchase the deluxe edition of the game, uh, not a pre-order bonus. So, yeah. We, Is there any idea how many acts there are in the game? No, uh, I don't know. Um, if it makes you feel better, PC players, note that the 72 hours of early access that would come with the Digital Deluxe Edition, you'll technically be giving getting 30, 34 days of it, and that's not, and that's to the entire game, not just Act 1. Hold on. Uh, if you want to, hold on, let me, let me read this again. Uh, this is from thegamer.com. If you want a little more than the game alone, the Digital Deluxe Edition of Baldur's Gate 3 uh, might well be the way to go. Only if you play on the PS5, though, as this version of the game appears to be exclusive to the PlayStation platform. If it makes you feel better, PC players, note that the 72 hours of early access that come with the Digital Lux Edition, you'll technically be getting 34 days of it, and that's not to the entire game. Not If you're holding out... Uh... Okay, I don't know what that's trying to say. So let me try to find... Their math seems very weird. Uh, yes, but the Digital Lux Edition comes with uh, 72 hour early access to the um, the game uh, act one of the game and it looks like it's PlayStation exclusive I guess my question is with that early access how much of the game could you possibly throw I'm sure there's people who will, who will 
just play 72 hours straight there seems to be a lot of buzz and and desire for this game but for the most most part your average adult gamer they'll make use of the 72 hours but probably not anywhere near what act one can give the average player. okay let me let me go to pcgamer.com because they've got something here written by west finland uh, while we're waiting for tricky to get back uh the headline the I'm headline back. reads well i'm gonna go through this real quick uh, Baldur's Gate 3 dev clarifies that only PS5 players will get a three-day head start for pre-ordering, but PC players get a 34-day head start. So anyway, so it's fine. Uh, oh, that's the early access portion. Yeah, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is making the rare bold choice of moving up its release by a full month to August 3rd, giving players about five weeks to crank through the 100-plus hours of D&D role-playing before Starfield arrives. Larian has now clarified one confusing bit of information around the new release date, which is when players who pre-order the Digital Deluxe Edition will actually be able to get started. That version promised 72-hour early access to Act 1, but turns out that's only for the PlayStation 5 version of the game, which releases on September 6th. The PC Digital Deluxe Edition does not include a 72-hour head start, which would have essentially made the game's release date July 31st, Larian said in a community update on Wednesday. Larian said that bumping up its release date came with a few complexities that we did not, didn't manage to communicate very well, and that a 72-hour head start on PC wouldn't have been plausible. So basically, PC players are still getting ahead, way ahead of the PS5 players. Okay. Sorry to hijack the uh, community section of this, but uh, yeah, that's your your nope. your Baldur's yep. Gate three corner. All right. Uh, TC has a couple questions in a row. TC says, "What TurboGrafx sixteen game needs to be revitalized and brought to a new console?" Bonk. I'm sorry. What? Bonk. Bonk's adventure. Okay. I. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one TurboGrafx-16 game. I have never owned nor played a TurboGrafx-16 game. I'm, I'm Googling TurboGrafx-16 games right now. Bonk was a prehistoric caveman with a giant head he'd use to headbutt his enemies. Ditto. I'll go with that one. Let's face it. The only other TurboGrafx-16 game at the time was, I think, Aliens vs. Predator. Otherwise, who else bought a TurboGrafx-16? I do know, uh, I do know of Bonk, but yeah, I never owned or played one never had access oh wait i'm sorry i think alien vs predator was on the jaguar yeah that was on the jaguar tc with Uh, a deep cut on the turbo graphics 16 question we didn't we we should have uh, jeff on this week for this question save this question for jeff uh saber says legendary axe also vigilante i didn't own a turbo graphics 16 so i couldn't tell you you know, I'm, I'm on wikipedia right now looking at TurboGrafx 16 games and they're they're saying the release date for japan and north america and i'm seeing a lot of unreleased <laughs> uh apparently there was a lot of games because i'm just going down for a minute now and molly in the seas uh yeah sorry saber i can't really answer this because i didn't play i didn't even own a turbo graphics i think it was gone before i even had a chance to uh uh, even think about buying one. Uh, but Saber says Bonk was also on a couple other platforms. Yeah, it wasn't was it, a very good game. Was it on Sega at all? Ever? Uh, oh, jeez. There's apparently another picture of me on Facebook. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Did, did he make the magic happen? He said, up your request is done. It's on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> that may be the best, most natural one yet. My God. 
All right, moving on to the next question. Uh, he says, if any Tomb Raider PlayStation 1 game could be redone, which one should be and why? Let's go with the original. Yeah. That way we could I'm, see that T-Rex in high definition. I mean, it's always a good good to start from the first game, right? Um, wasn't the remake essentially the first game redone? It was a reboot. It wasn't a remake of the first game. It was just, all right, we're rebooting the series. I No, I understand that, but I'm saying, didn't it basically tell the same story, though? I didn't get far enough in it to know that, but it, it seemed like a different style of game. It did not seem like what was presented in the first game. Uh, all right. TC's uh, next question goes, it's been over 12 years since the last Fight Night game. Fight Night was the was uh, EA version of EA's boxing game. Yeah, there's no question. I just assumed he was saying, should we get another one? Uh, I'd just rather have another punch out. That can be the boxing game that comes back. Oh, I could do another punch out. Yeah. I could do another punch out as well. All right, and TC says, if a Dreamcast Mini comes out, what games should be on it? I was a Dreamcast guy, so I can't answer this. Matt, did you have one? Because I did. That does not surprise me, Tricky. Uh, yes, I did, Alex. And let me go to my ROM folder so I can... Because I basically have a Dreamcast Mini in my Steam Deck. Well, why don't we uh, do um, go back and forth? I'll name a game, you name a game, and then we'll just kind of ping-pong back and forth. Go for it. I mean, you since you've got a list up there, you may well be able to uh, keep going longer than I can. But uh, let's see. Uh, Soul Calibur. Echo the Dolphin. That was on Genesis. There was also an Echo They made game. a Dreamcast version. Yeah, because one of the first games I played was a demo disc of Echo the Dolphin on Dreamcast. Um, Power Stone. Legacy of Kane. Fantasy Star Online. Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Ready to Rumble Boxing. Resident Evil Code Veronica. Crazy Taxi. Skies of Arcadia. Typing of the Dead. Uh, Jack... Did I already say Jack Ryan Radio? No one did, nope. No. Jack Ryan Radio. Power Stone 2. Seaman. Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure 2. That's a cop-out answer. What are you talking about? I said Power Stone. I mean, you should have both of them on there. If you... You can't, right. you can't have... Right, yeah. you, if you got a, a, a classic, because the Dreamcast had such a truncated life, you gotta have both Power Stone and Power Stone 2 and Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2. No, I would say it was a cop-out answer because he would one and he just re- he responded with what two. Was, uh, what was uh, that game, um, Matt? Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, Choo Choo Rocket. We'll throw that one there, too. Oh, man, I have that on my phone. <laughs> Damn, that's brilliant. So, I'll, I'll take you back. But, so, but Saber does say Blue Stinger, which is Dead Rising before Dead Rising, and I agree wholeheartedly. So, for the Dreamcast, to get it online, I remember signing up for freenet.0 or free zero, zero net free whatever it was. And I it allowed me to make an account, which then I was able to use my landline phone. And I remember running my... Uh, the phone jack cable from my Dreamcast all the way over to my parents' room to dial in 
so I could play Choo Choo Rocket online, which I forget what the model was. I thought maybe it was uh, PvP. You just had to solve the puzzle before the other person did. It was it was weird, but it was it was interesting. Uh, Saber says in the chat, anime games should be sort of the berserk. I I don't recall if there was berserk on that system. You know, Matt, I hate to say it, but I think we forgot quite a few games that probably should go on there. Um, NFL, the NFL 2K1, NBA 2K1. Uh, let's see, what about Shinmu? Neither one of us said Shinmu. Uh, Street Fighter 3, Third Strike, which is considered by many to be the best Street Fighter game. Uh, Virtua Tennis, another good one. So, Capcom versus SNK2. Oh, yeah, and there it is. I see on the list there, uh, Thomas, sort of berserk. It's cutting off for me. Sort of the berserk, Guts, Rage. Uh, they had both Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 on it. Ooh, Typing of the Dead. I said Typing of the Dead. You did? Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. You know what? We can mention it twice. <sighs> Um, they had all the other Capcom stuff. Uh, there you go. okay, <laughs> Crazy Taxi Two. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I I think that I think that pretty much um suffices for what should be on there. Yeah, we we've mined this well pretty pretty uh thoroughly. All right, moving on to the next question. This is also from Thomas. Uh, he says, this is for Matt G and the Channel 3 team. It's a long question. If old netcodes were very reliable and used, could those netcodes be revived and or could the coding be open source? Certain first-person shooters, Project Snowfall and others from the original Xbox and 360 and quite unique codes that made it where you can't, cannot camp for so long or it would kick you out of a game or automatically penalize you or kill you. Is there any way these codes could be open sourced in order to change the way people play games currently? If I'm understanding your question correctly, T. Diddy, it's the, and there's actually an article I read recently about what happens to source code for games and that when a game is finally published, especially in the case of single-player games where there doesn't need to be a lot of uh, after-launch maintenance, what happens to the source code? And in some ca- in some cases for older games or games from the past, developers kind of like shrug their shoulders and go, I don't know what happened to the source code. It, uh, it It's out there somewhere. The problem with open sourcing the code is a lot of times there's still copyright or other litigious things that need to keep the source closed. And especially if you're talking about games that involve multiplayer, that even though the source code for that game is no longer in use, it may carry things that the developers currently use in other source code. So they don't necessarily want to make it open source, whereas people might be able to learn some trade secret and bypass some controls so it, I, I think for things to be open source it truly has to be old 
Uh, Saber says, like the Nemesis code, that's not being used. Uh, not 100% sure what he's referring to there. Okay. Uh, Kali has made a couple uh, messages in the chat, but I'm not going to read them out because she's just trying to find the hidden word. Uh, if you guys don't know what the hidden word is, uh, the hidden word, if you type a random word into the Twitch chat uh, and you type that word in any capacity, uh, you win a $200 PSN card. Well, essentially two $100 PSN cards. Get AI uh, on that, Thomas. Uh, Saber also says it's from the, the Lord of the Rings games recently. Oh, I, okay. So the Nemesis system from uh, Shadow Mordor and Shadow of War. Uh, yeah, but the problem is, again, some people patent that type of system and they're not going to make it available because they want to use it. They want to keep it solely for themselves. All right. Moving on to the next question. Daryl wants to know, if you could pick one wrestler past or present to end CM Punk's career, who does it? For the record, Daryl hates CM Punk. Well, I guess that's funny because I'm a CM Punk guy. So you're saying only CM Punk can end CM Punk's career? No, I mean I would I would pick a wrestler that I think would be good for to for CM Punk to give that rub to, to him to kind of pass the torch to, because um, I really like CM Punk stuck in, in AEW, um, and uh, yeah, I mean some people may not like him. I I I love CM Punk. I think he's great. Um, so he but he is a, he is a cancer to locker rooms. Oh bullshit! No no listen. I like CM Punk too. I think he's a Here's good the thing. wrestler. There, the, Eddie Kingston, oh, oh, Eddie Kingston okay. came out in an article, and they asked him specifically if I, I have to try to find the article. But he asked him if CM Punk coming back was a problem in the locker room, and he said, "No, not among the people that I um, run with." He had no problems with CM Punk, and you've had plenty of people: Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, uh, Jade Cargill. The, the guns, the gun kids, come out in defense of CM Punk and said he was great to them and he helped them a lot. So the idea... But you also hear you also hear a lot of backstage were saying he's so egotistical that he was bringing down the locker room and that's part, part of the reason why, you know, the, the elite has such a big problem um, with him. Especially his comments in that post-conference. Listen, I watched that post-conference. I thought he was in full CM Punk mode, but apparently... The elite took that personal, and there was a fight behind the scenes, and that's Tricky, what caused CM Punk to disappear for a while. Did you, did you read the ESPN article that came out before he came back to Collision? No. He apologized because he said the way that he handled it was wrong, but also he said that he had levied his concerns about that entire situation for a year, and nothing was done about it. There was also a report coming from, I think, Dave Meltzer, uh, saying, or wrestling journalists, saying that the article was going to be terrible. It's going to be he was going to shoot on you know people within the company is is going to look awful, and it was nothing like that. And CM Punk posted on Instagram saying, like I said, the call is coming from inside the house. So what everyone the the kind of wrestling journalist kind of preview of that ESPN article never happened. And actually, he took he took um, blame for his actions in that entire thing. And let's be real. It wasn't just CM Punk. The Elite had issues in that. Tony Khan is a big to, big to blame in all of that. So he, he he's, a, he's just a big doofus. So he is partially to blame and probably most to blame for all of this. But yeah, CM Punk said there, there he w- held a locker room meeting um, for a collision where he's taking himself as a leader more seriously. And it seems like people within the company, I mean... 
Darby Allen came out and, you know, was chummy with him. And they got Ricky Starks working with him. They got uh, Juice Robinson and Jay White working with him. So, I mean, obviously, not all of the company hates him. It's just the elite and all their friends. Um, so, quite I- frankly, I'm the reverse where I hate the elite and I like CM Punk. So, two sides of that. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What's so yeah, let's get back to the question because I think that it's easy to hate CM Punk when you actually read what happened and read what's he said since. You know, you actually get the other side of the story and it's not as much bullshit as you would think. So um uh, I'm I'm not a Dan uh Dave Meltzer fan. I think he's a hacker. Who do you myself, think feeds but... him what he says from the AW locker room? I I think he makes up a lot of the bullshit. Why do you think Kenny Omega Probably. and the Young Bucks get so many five star matches? Uh, all right, let's let's get back to the so, question here. Um, obviously, I would pick a young superstar to beat CM Punk in his final match. Um, I mean, Ricky Starks got a win over him a couple weeks ago, but it was you know he was holding the ropes, so they got this whole thing going. Where Ricky Starks is holding the ropes to get wins. He did that to uh, Darby Allen this past week in a tag team match. Um, Ricky Starks and Christian versus CM Punk and Darby Allen. Um, Let's see, who am I going to pick? Uh, young guy. Um, I don't know. I like both Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, but Ricky's already kind of beat him. Um, I don't know. It depends because obviously if you're Tony Khan and you're picking someone to beat CM Punk, who's you know you would assume CM Punk is going to finish his career in AEW um, since he's in his mid-40s. You, know, you might pick MJF, but is MJF going to stay in AEW or is he going to go to um, WWE eventually? He's going WWE. He's going WWE. So... Honestly, I might pick a guy like Darby Allen. Uh, I'm just trying to think who's in there. I mean, Will Hobbs, uh, a, you know, CM or Ricky Starks maybe a clean win. Darby Allen, those are some of the people on my short list. Uh, but I'm trying to think of young guys who could pull it off believably. And uh, yeah, I mean, those are. I don't think I don't think Sammy Guevara should do it. I definitely don't think Jack Perry, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, should do it. Uh, so if not MJF. Uh, which I think MJF would be a good person to do it. Um, Will Hobbs or R. Darby Allen. All right. Saber says CM Punk will put over young talent better than most. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks, DC. Uh, but apparently now he's uh, trying to find a hidden word as well. Uh, so do you have an opinion about this matter? I don't, I don't even know if you are a wrestling fan. Are you? I've stopped watching wrestling a long time ago, which is why... If I'm going to have to make a choice, I'll say CM Punk is out there doing a monologue saying how nobody can beat him. And the only per if somebody can come out here and beat him, then uh, he will quit forever. And suddenly you hear the glass shatter out walks Austin, double finger salute, stone cold stunner, pin, done. Another bald guy. Uh, uh, Tricky, do you have any opinions on this? Because you are a big wrestling fan. Well, I don't watch AEW at all. Uh, the only time I watch AEW is when I'm watching highlights on TikTok, and uh, I don't know. Just I, I apparently on Collision this week, uh, MJF and Adam Cole apparently uh, there's a bromance going on with them, and everybody expected MJF to turn on him uh, on uh, Adam Cole, and apparently he was going to do the belt, but then the friendship won out. Yeah, I don't they, know. Uh, there was a tag uh, team title match between FTR, the best tag team in the world, and uh, MJF and Adam Cole. Um, and, uh, yeah, MJF even said after the match, it's on video that, uh, FTR is the best, best tag team in the world. So, uh, 
I guess the Young Bucks hate him now, too. Bunch of babies. Uh, so, yeah, the, and then after the match, like you said, uh, Adam Cole had turned his back because MJF was really upset about losing the match. He thought it was all his fault, and he grabbed the belt because he threw it down. Uh, he grabbed the belt after Adam Cole turned around, and it looked like he was going to hit him with it, and then Adam Cole said something about, like, knowing it was going to happen or something like that. MJF drops the belt, and they hug it out. It's, yeah, so. Yeah, uh, anyway, but back to... Uh... I, I don't know. In WWE? Let's say maybe CM Punk after AW goes to WWE for a time. Um, I, I don't see him going under uh, Triple H's reign. Well, but... here's the thing. He was at Raw a couple months ago, and he apparently made amends with Triple H and The Miz. So... I didn't know he had beef with The Miz. I don't specifically know. I mean, he made a joke about calling uh, MJF uh, during one of their... their promos, oh, the, a budget Miz. Miz. A budget yeah, Miz. but apparently, I mean, he yeah. talked to Hunter, and uh, they, you know. I don't know. Like, I'm all about the, the the old guys putting over the young guys as talent, but some decisions are just I I, I can't see like Undertaker losing the Roman Reigns. I like a lot of people saying that loss is what made uh, the bloodline become more believable is because he put beat the Undertaker, but he also be an old, decrepit Undertaker. And I love Undertaker. Like, I, he's one of my favorites. I still think he has the best interest in the business. But, um, I don't know. I don't watch AEW enough to, to pick any of their wrestlers, and as far as WWE goes, there's nobody up and coming other than maybe, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? I just blanked on his name. Street Profit guy. Uh, not Angelo Dawkins, but, um, Oh, Bianca Belair's Montez Ford. Montez Ford. Yeah. Um, I I think Montez Ford has a, a strong future. Yeah, they they thought. I mean, I thought they would have split him off by now and, and made him a single star, but that be may be in the future. Um, but I will say, well, well apparently, um, well apparently, the Street Profits are st- joining the new uh, the new version of the Hurt Business. All right. Um, I mean, they they fucked up by breaking up the Hurt Business in the first place, but you know, if they can reform it and make it good again, I'm all for that. Um. Last thing I'll say about why I am a CM Punk fan. CM Punk fan. Uh, one, he loves dogs. He loves animals. Um, also, he uh, is uh, a big supporter of women's reproductive rights. He wore a lot of t-shirts, um, saying so on national broadcast for AEW. Also, uh, during a six-man tag with him and FTR, they pulled a fan into the ring that had a sign that said, Support LGBTQ plus youth. So, uh, I am definitely going to be on that guy's side. All right, moving on because we're not going to get political with this. You you better leave that. Uh, in the show. I'm not going to take it out, but I'm just saying we're not going to we're not going to go I'll into it. I'll support. I'll be uh, on that guy's side. Okay. Uh, v wants to know what co-op games are worth it, and what co-ops games would you burn in a fire? I'm just going to answer for Alex for a second and say the one he'd burn in a fire is Overcooked. Yeah, that game. Uh, it's just it's it's too stress. I mean, I get it. The kitchen is stressful. You know, we just we finished watching The Bear maybe about two weeks ago, and I got so much anxiety from watching that show, just everyone yelling at each other and just all the stir and commotion in the mm-hmm. kitchen. So, I get it. Is it is it a good show? It is a good show, but I mean, all of them yelling at each other, it's just like my God, it gets overwhelming at points. Um, but it is good, and it's it's very well acted. So the cast is really good. And, I, I liked uh, I liked the main character when he was on Shameless. Yeah, so I mean, they do do. Um, it shows everyone's softer side too, and the show is good. Um, you should watch Tricky, or at least give it a chance. Um, and bar- oh, I, I will barrel I through will. the first couple episodes because, like I said, you know, when everyone's at odds, it does 
make the show hard to watch at times because um, you, you're just kind of wanting harmony. But you know, it's it, it's kind of like quick camera cuts in like in some wrestling um, productions. It's like it's kind of jarring. But over time, things settle down and the business gets going. So, uh, all right. But yeah, Overcooked. It's like I thought it was going to be just a fun, relaxing game, and it wasn't. And so yeah, I would definitely not want to ever play that game again and would not recommend it to anyone. All right. Saber says Remnants 1 and 2 are worth it. And The Departed chimes in and says Overcooked ruins marriages. He says don't ever don't play that with your significant other ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, All right, so, I mean I, that's why I try to get Tricky to help me play it because uh, to get me through the story because, I mean, we're on each other's if, throats as it is, so can't get if, any worse. If, if me and you played it, Trophy Horse would never not exist anymore. Oh please, we'd both be going for that. We we would both be going at after those trophies, so I think we'd be fine. Be like, we can get through this just to get these stupid trophies. Yeah, they'd show up on Sundays. Fuck you! You should have thrown that fucking burger on the grill on time. I mean, it can't. Like I said, it can't be worse than what we do now. Matt, uh, good good co op, bad co op games. Good co op games. You got Monster Hunter, Gloomhaven, uh, any team based shooter game and then I'll also say bad co-op games are any team-based shooter game like Overwatch (laughs) Uh, good co-op game Uh, of course I'm going to say The Division Uh, bad co-op games The Division Uh, no uh, I don't know if it's a co-op game or if it's a competitive game but uh, I would say any of the Mario Party games they those root and marriages too those aren't co-op games those are because everyone's there are t- essences like where the the mini games are randomized, where you can have two on two or one on three. But in like it's a, it, you're basically it's everyone for themselves. You're vying for places, so it's not a co op game really. Oh, okay. So I'll change my answer. The oh, uh, Mario Land or Mario World side scroller ones where you can play with multiple players on screen. Because if you don't keep up, it locks the screen and you fall off the uh, jump you just made. So you're you're partners have to be in sync with you uh there there is one game i'm seeing on uh on tiktok lately where apparently you're two people attached by a rope and you have to swing i I, i'll find that's uh unravel too no no it's not unravel oh maybe it is unravel are they little little curl for string characters uh you're not talking about the uh like yeah, like the, there's a red one the, and a blue the, one and a yellow one. The yarn game. Yeah. Yeah. Unravel. That. Yeah, that's not the one I'm talking about. This one is like, maybe like eight bit style graphics. I don't know. I'll, I'll find it if I come across it again. I'll find the name of it. Uh, Departed. Oh. Thank you for the Twitch. So appreciate that. Oh, I did want to say since I said the co-op game that I would like to throw in a fire. Uh, I need to say the one that I really liked. Okay. Uh, it takes two. Uh, so even though uh, Ashley is not great at the platforming aspect of video games, because we definitely had our moments there, we were button heads. Uh, that game is very, very fun and very, very good, and uh, I ah. think would be a game of the year nominee or contender any year that it was released. Ah, uh, you just reminded me. Damn it! What do you have to play? It takes two with your daughter. Sweet Mama D asked me all week to play It Takes Two, and I never got around to playing with her. How, you knew you were on vacation. You were going through old I, mail. See, if you didn't just keep I, 75 years I, worth of old mail. Oh, my God. I, I, now I feel bad. I got to. Tricky, how many How many of that mail? those mailings were from AARP? 
None. Hold on. Come on, even I've gotten some AARP mailings. Hold on, I gotta. I'm gonna call a live on the show and apologize, because I feel bad now. Oh wait, did, are you gonna do another apology? Because you need to apologize to oh, me still. Yes, I gotta apologize to you as well. Hold on. She may not answer it. I feel bad now. I feel really bad. You I sure guess we know what you're doing tonight. She's not answering. She is so heartbroken, she won't even answer her phone. <laughs> I'll leave her on voicemail if she doesn't pick up. Hey, sorry I didn't answer. Um, I will try and get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Hey, baby girl, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm doing the podcast now, and... Alex just reminded me that we never played take, It Takes Two, and I want to apologize. I'll make up for it next time you're here. I love you. Bye. And Alex, yes, I, I need to apologize to Alex. Alex, I don't remember what I have to apologize for you for. The uh, Stranded Deep auto trip pops. Oh, okay. I'm apologizing to Alex because it, it, the, 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 the view from the outside looks like I gaslit. Uh, Alex and the fact that uh, I, I told him I didn't have the Platinum um, and I got the E version first. I legit thought I had the E version when I was talking to him so I made the mistake but apparently I did the North American version so Alex was right what he called me out on and I need to apologize because I was wrong but in my defense here Alex when you have uh, two different regions of games on your system it doesn't tell you which one it is. So I thought I got the EU one. I got the North American version, so I apologize. You were right in calling me out. It wasn't a glitch. Well, thank you. And I also, I don't really care. That's the thing is, I don't really care if you do it. I Like I said, just admit, own up to the fact that you did it. I, I am admitting yeah, to no, it. Yeah, no, no, you, you are. And I want to give credit to Rick because Rick also called you out on this. Because uh, I had just let it settle. You know, to let the dust settle. And Rick come in, come in, came in like a, a fireball. I was like, nope, Tricky was, Tricky was wrong. Yeah, but I, I wasn't gaslighting Alex. I legit thought I had it. You actually had Jared thinking that I was going, I had done that, that I had auto-popped when I actually had not. I've never even played that game or opened it. I know. that That's the best part is because Jared doesn't uh, follow the community as much, so it was fun to make him think that. All right, last question uh, come from Curtis. Is, now that Xbox One and Series X has themes, customizable backgrounds for the home screen, why does the PS5 not have it when the PS4 and 3 did? It's coming. It just, they've always released those after uh, a year or two after release of the systems. They're coming. Yeah, but that should have been here by now. Like, they could have done it technology wise. Well, we said the same thing with the 4. It, it does come for some reason. That's not a focus of them until a year or two after the system's out. But it should be an easy thing to have it launch. I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying this is the way it is. Uh, all right, so I'm going to have to step away from the microphone real quick because I have to you know, use a little boys' room. So I'm going to set up the topic of the week, and then I'm going to let you boys go. Uh, if I could find where I put the agenda. Where did I put the agenda? There's the agenda. All right, so our topic of the week is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart peaks at 9,000 concurrent users and is the third worst PC launch for a PlayStation game. This is coming from 
GameWorldObserver.com and written by Evan G. Oh, God. Obedkov? Obedkov? Yes, that's how you pronounce that name. It's not that no, overly he, difficult. Yevgeny Obedkov? Yes. Okay. Uh, article reads, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is the latest PlayStation game ported to the PC. While it got attention thanks to the use of Direct Storage 1.2, its launch, launch numbers are quite unimpressive compared to SIE's other first-party titles on Steam. <coughs> Launched on July 26, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart only peaked at 8,757 concurrent users on Steam. It currently holds a very positive rating based on 670 user reviews with 84% of them being positive. This makes Rift Apart the third worst launch on PC for a PlayStation game, only above Returnal and Sackboy. Uh, Returnal had 6,691 concurrent users, and Sackboy only had 610 concurrent users. That is there's, bad. 610? This, there's also a PC version of Helldivers with 6,744 peak users at the time, but its developer Arrowhead is not an SIE first-party studio. The top five titles from PlayStation Studios peak are uh, God of War with 73,000, Marvel Spider-Man with 66,000, Horizon Zero Dawn with 56,000, The Last of Us Part 1 with 36,000, and Days Gone with 27,000. So, yeah. I'm going to step away for a second, guys. I'll be back. Uh, But the floor is yours. You want to go first, Alex, or shall I? Well, I'll let you. You shared this article, Matt, and you're more... In, t- in tune with the PC, so I'll, I'll let you go and share your opinion on this. Um, yeah, you you go ahead. All right, so I'll say this about the numbers because numbers, you know, concurrent players are not always the be all end all of games. That's is that that's not all the players that have played it. No, it's just, just the, the total peak, number. The peak exactly. of all the players playing at once. Exactly. And and what the article is trying to get at is these numbers, generally a game's popularity by the number of peak player, peak concurrent players at the same time kind of is how they judge whether a game is successful or not, when that couldn't be farther from the truth. The, the thing about this is this is a single player story driven game with no multiplayer. It's a fairly short one. So people might have played it and beat it within that period, and now it's just got to wax and wane on sales. And the thing you and I were talking about in the group chat was this is a, what is it, two-year-old game now? One-year-old game? I forget what year it came out. Um, Point I being- got the PlayStation, I guess I've had the, play- have I had the PlayStation for two years now. Uh, a PS5 for two years now? Let me let me look that up, though. The exact release date. Yeah. Um, the- the oh, point being, died. I ran out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! Uh, the point being is, it's being sold for sixty dollars. Now it was originally sold for seventy on the PS5 when it initially came out. It has some pretty hefty hard drive requirements. You can play it on a traditional disc-based hard drive, but obviously, to make all the magic work, you want it to be on a solid straight, solid-state drive, and even better if you can, you want it to be on a. Uh, M.2 NVMe drive. That said, you know, Sony games launched on PC have traditionally had buggy launches. This one so far has not. And 
over 1,700 reviews, it's being rated very positive. I, I think uh, the article had it at 670 user reviews, but it's now up to over 1,700. And it's still in the very positive range. And it looks like the it's Last of 9 Us, out of 10 on Steam. Exactly. The, the Last of Us Part 1, however, 36,000 concurrent users... Uh, 59% rating people it's mixed people hated the last of us on pc because of how buggy and broken it was so concurrent users is not going to be the should not be the basis for success of a game i think over time people are going to keep picking up rift apart just so that way they they can play it and it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have to pick it up first thing but that should be said, the price is also a turnoff to some people because it's being sold for $60. Uh, God of War and Horizon, I think, came out for 50 when it came out. Meanwhile, Spider-Man and Last of Us came out as $60 games. And we know the quality, Spider-Man, and what it did there. The end result is not as many people like Rift Apart as perhaps Spider-Man. Or The Last of Us, even though Ratchet and Clank has had a long, long lifespan. So I don't think it should be panned as far as, well, it only had 9K concurrent players on Steam. But compared to some other games, the fact that it has a very positive rating still after the first couple of weeks means they launched a solid game. It wasn't broken or buggy as hell, and that's something I think the team should be proud of. Yeah, because this was Insomniac working with Nixies to get this uh, ported over to the um, the PC. And Ratchet and Clank is one of those series. I'll put it up there with Mario as far as like the quality, um, the standard of quality. It's pretty reliable. When you get a Ratchet and Clank game, you kind of know what you're going to get. But the gameplay and the, the the visuals are always fantastic. They're always outstanding. So in that way, it's kind of like Mario, where Nintendo always puts out a good Mario game and always puts out a fun, polished Mario game. Same with Insomniac and Ratchet and & Clank. Now, Ratchet & Clank has been going for 20-plus years, and some of the fervor for it might have you know died off. I, I think most of the games you know tapped out sales-wise over a million copies. Uh, so you know they were always good for a certain amount, but... They never, were never one of like the highest-selling PlayStation games, um, but always very reliable, always very fun. And yeah, I mean, with the, the scores that they've gotten on this, the reviews, I'm sure the game will keep selling. I'm sure the you know on a Steam sale, uh, you can best bet if anyone didn't pick up Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, when it's on the Steam sale, you know, maybe next summer, or the, maybe the holiday sale, I guarantee a lot more people pick it up. So, I you know, I understand the, the, the kind of concurrent user uh figure as a way to determine the success of a game but overall what matters is the sales of a game how much money a say a game brings back into the developer into sony so the lifetime sales obviously matter far more than the concurrent players i guess the concurrent players are just an easy way early on to determine how popular and thereby how uh in air quote successful a game is yeah and, and it's interesting because any argument you make again it against it be like well it's a single player game so maybe not many people playing it online at the same time but you know so was marvel spider-man as well as horizon and last of us and days gone and god of war so all these quality single player games i i think more along the line 
it just kind of appeared out of nowhere. I don't recall any article saying more than maybe the past few weeks that they were saying, hey, we're working on Rift Apart for the PC. It just kind of sprang up, at least in my mind. So I'm not entirely sure what drove the release date why they picked now, why the marketing was not as in-depth as it was when it was on the PS5. So there's so many factors that play into this. But, I mean, the thing you will say is Sackboy Big Adventure having 610. That, I think, was more... The game wasn't very good in the long run. (laughs) Look, I I heard that there were some pretty difficult platforming challenges in there, and look at your mascot. It's Sackboy. Like, they're trying to turn Sackboy into the the mascot for PlayStation, and it clearly didn't work. I mean, I'm not saying the Little Big Planet games aren't good, but, I mean, it, it the fact that Astro is kind of the new mascot for PlayStation says volumes, and the fact that they tried to port this to PC, and, you know, the concurrent user base is one-tenth the size of Ratchet & Clank, and we're sitting here scrutinizing Ratchet & Clank. Not a good sign for Sackboy and for Little Big Planet. Um... But yeah, it, it may be one of those things where, I mean, Sony releasing games years after they have on their platform, I mean, you do get, especially, you know, it's two. it was released two years ago, you're, you're correct, Matt, in June of uh, 2021, you do get people who have said, well, I've waited this long to play it, I can wait a little longer, and maybe they, you know, play something else they've been looking forward to, or they play something else in their backlog, and they can wait to play Returnal and Ratchet and Clank. They, they don't have to go right away, because they've already waited for it. Um, they didn't get to play it on day one. So uh, that could also be another thing where you wait too long and, and people's excitement, yeah, sure, they'll get to it, but not right away. The interesting thing is I saw a lot of Reddit comments being like, hey, this is great, but what about the other Ratchet and Clanks? Why can't we get those available? I don't want them to be stuck on old systems. I want to be able to play them on PC. And that's that's something I think would be worth. I I know... If they released a uh, the future trilogy on PC, I'd snatch it up immediately so that way I could play those. Yeah, because I think that as good as Rift Apart is, Kraken Time may be, still be the best uh, Ratchet & Clank game. And we're talking about Ratchet & Clank, you've got so many good games. I mean, uh, Going Commando, Up Your Arsenal, uh, Tools of Destruction, you know, there are so many good Ratchet & Clank games. The 2016 Ratchet & Clank, but a crack in time may be the best one of all of them. So that's blasphemous. Why is that blasphemous? What is your favorite Ratchet and Clank game? What do you, what do you think is the best one? Rift Apart. I thought you were going to say All for One. <laughs> no, I mean that's a good game, but it's 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 clearly a different style than the traditional Ratchet and Clank game, and it just I don't think as good. All right. Uh, just getting back here. Just want to make sure I catch up on the, all the messages. All, right, we're all caught up. Uh, well, Tricky, let me ask you, since, again, you yes, don't sir. comment on a lot of these stories, you just let us bump our gums about it. Like, do you think this is a story? Do you think this is a non-story? I mean, I'm sure we well, all I, we all cringed, like, as Matt said, when we saw the, the concurrent players for Sackboy. But for a game that's got a very good review score... And will like has you know will has usually sells pretty reliably. Do you do you think this is any big deal? No, I don't. I, I was listening to the uh, the show, uh, so I 
heard what you guys were saying. I think Matt is absolutely right in the fact that concurrent viewers. I, I don't know why people go to concurrent viewers or you viewers or users as the um as the basis of whether or not a game is popular because uh I, I don't know if it was you or Matt that pointed out the fact that it's not really that long of a game, so somebody could have gone through it and just, you know, they're done with it and they're not coming back because, you know, there's no reason to. I mean, you could replay um, the game again and, and get the Omega we- weapons all powered up, but, you know, the, yeah, I mean, but on I, PlayStation, you only need to play through the game once to get the Platinum Trophy, so, you know, if you're a trophy hunter or if you just want to get to the end of the game, you're, you're right. You don't need to go back into the, the second playthrough. Matt, uh, maybe we'll be able to answer this for me. Are there achievements within Steam for these games or no? Uh, usually, but, uh, you know, jaw for a second and I'll confirm that for you. Um, cause I, 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 there was always a question I wondered if the, if you actually earn PlayStation trophies or you earn Steam achievements for them. Well, it would um, only be Steam achievements that, that you're not linking these to a PlayStation account. A PlayStation account. Um, okay. And yes, one of the highlights here is Steam achievements, uh, 47 Steam achievements, which, uh, you know, 84 percent of people who played the game got rift apart which i th- i'm not sure which one that is uh to do that sounds like the platinum yeah i mean i, I don't think it would be the platinum because that's that's the or, or the platinum most, equivalent. the highest percentage of all the achievements available uh, uh master of the multiverse collect all achievements 2.8 percent I'm I'm Google to write it. What what was it called? It was just called Rift Apart. Master, yeah, Rift Apart is the is the highest percentage achievement available. It doesn't have a description on it. Oh yeah, that's okay. That's the that's literally the first trophy you get in the game. That's okay. for beating the first level. So so out of all the people that bought the game, only eighty four percent got through the first part. Um, well, so yeah, and, and to be fair, the... like on Steam, people oftentimes buy games and then wait to play them. I mean, there is the the Steam backlog is Accurate. a real thing. Yeah. So I will say this about concurrent users: I don't think it's the right metric when you're looking at uh, at single player games. However, concurrent users, and I'm not just talking peak; I'm talking current active users, is the good metric that you want for a multiplayer game because that tells you how active the community is playing the game online obviously they have to be online to play it multiplayer and if you've got a ton of people playing it then you've got an active community and shows that the game has legs take battlefield 2142 for example which for a period in time battlefield i think it was battlefield three or was it bad company two one of those had more concurrent users online than the newest latest greatest game that will tell you the success if a game is multiplayer focused single player i don't think it's the right metric you want to be using okay all right that is going to bring us to the end of the show real quick i do have a question for matt Sure. Uh, Matt, real quick, the next game that I think I'm going to play for uh, on the PlayStation 5 uh, is a little game called Hot Lod Miami. Uh, it's part of the PlayStation Plus catalog. Uh, do you have any experience with this game, Matt? You said Hotline Miami? Correct. I played Hotline Miami 2 a little bit, which it, it's over-the-top 
violent, stylized. Uh, you remember the old school Grand Theft Autos? Yeah. The top down view. Very much like those. Yeah, I've seen videos. I've watched trailers, um, and I was just curious if you had if it was fun. If you had any thoughts on it? Yeah, it did help me kill. You know, a little bit of an afternoon when I played through uh, some of it. It is difficult. It's not simple. Um, you will die a lot trying to figure out the best way to get through the levels. Fair enough. And I know it's combo based. You know, because you got to get like you're given grades at the end of every level, so like your a, a score is a big part of it. So. Figuring out yes. the best way to almost like a puzzle aspect to it. So, yeah, you know, you got to figure out the right way to engage the the enemies. You know, if you go through the left door and kill them, suddenly the guys came through the right door behind you and killed you. Okay, you know, do I got to go engage them first then, or do I got to kite somebody out of a door first to kill them while waiting for the people from the right door? It's it's entertaining in that aspect. Yeah, I think there is a trophy for dying a certain number of times. I do believe it's like a thousand times. So, yeah, they do expect you to die quite a bit. Yeah. All right, that's all. All right, let's close it out with some shout-outs. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you, sir. Uh, Shout-out to my wife, V, for being the social media manager, for doing all the awesome things she does, for uh, letting us have this awesome house with all of the awesome gaming stuff we have in it. Shout out to everybody in the chat, uh, Departed, Saber, Kali. Uh, I saw some other people come in. Who else did I miss? Dupes. Dupes. Didn't say anything. The Dark Knight. Uh, for All Mankind just came in, didn't say anything. Uh, Lion of Yara came in, didn't say anything. So welcome, all you folks. And a uh, big shout out to the Channel 3 community. For those of you who don't know, Channel 3 is a social media game website where basically, you know, as Twitter's imploding and you want to come over to a nice open group that talks video games and has gamified social media, come over to channel3.gg and find me under the name Ender Phoenix and uh, follow and, you know, see what we have to offer. To be fair, Twitter and, has been imploding for months now, maybe half a year. And rightfully so. And it's still, it's still a thing. Well... Uh, well, it's called X now. X is the thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see how far that gets them. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen there's been some some struggle to get that name changed over. Um, shout well, out to... Because uh, apparently Microsoft owns that trademark. Well, <laughs> well also, I think that uh, the App Store iOS rejected the change to X. So they weren't going oh, to weren't gonna let them change to, from Twitter to X. No, well, they, they, it's changed on my, uh, my Android, so... Oh, uh, okay. Uh, shout out to Tricky... Alex, Yield, who couldn't be here tonight. Thank you, guys. This has been fun, as always. Alex, your shout-out, sir. Give a shout-out to the uh, community, our awesome community, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horrors. Uh, without our fantastic folks backing us, um, the people like TC, um, Dupes, um, just so many other people who uh, make our community great. Uh, Gareth, who does the annual holds the annual rarity event. Um, yeah, just Awesome work from everyone. Uh, good to see Kalai in the chat. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone who supports the show. Um, you all are the reason that it's still going strong. So uh, again, thank you for continuing to support us. Give a shout out to my fellow host. Uh, Yield could not be here tonight, but give a shout out to Tricky and to Matt. Um, even though Tricky was a little late, you know, and Matt showed up first. See, I, I was the uh, I was the baby bear in the middle. I was just right. Um, but yeah, uh, give a shout out to 
Last but not least to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley. Uh, I love you, hun. Um, thanks for helping me tote the dog around in uh, her chariot, uh, a.k.a. her wagon, because uh, walking is harder for her now. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be it. All right. Uh, in lieu of my normal shout-outs, uh, I'm going to do one special shout-out. Just uh, know everybody that was in the chat and people I normally give out. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking of you, and I appreciate you guys popping in. But uh, I only have one shout-out this week, and that is to uh, a family of mine. Uh, you guys heard uh, one of the members on the show, uh, Rebe. Uh, you guys know. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Dorothy, Michael, and Michelle. Uh they recently, Mike and Michelle recently lost their father a couple days ago. Want to give a shout out to them, uh, Dorothy, who was married for forty-one years. Uh, so, I just want to let you guys know I'm you're in my thoughts and my prayers, um, and uh, we're gonna miss you, Richie. So, yeah, we're uh, uh, with we're, that, we're all too young to be losing our fathers, so that's that's awful. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. This is the way. Take your last rest and read on me this. Save your last words. Save your last words and read on me this. Save your last words and The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.